40%. Imagine 40% of your patrons not coming back. 40% of your customers never coming back. And that's happening in some parts of the church on this episode of Inverse. Coming to you from Silver Spring, Maryland, welcome to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation on life principles, contemporary issues, and thought-provoking perspectives. Now here's your host, Justin Kim, with Inverse. Hey, welcome, friends. We are in this arc on talking about discipleship in the last couple of weeks, and we're so glad you decided to join us, and we're so happy to be in the studio, and we are properly distanced, but we are hanging out with other people, and I am a deep <laughs> introvert, but I am have become a converted extrovert. We yes. have our, our resident extrovert and our resident uh, uber extrovert, so we're going to mm. have a good time on this <laughs> episode set, uh, talking about, about <laughs> preservation, preservation. Uh, Sebastian, um, please pray for us. I think, I think we all need it. Absolutely. You need to be leading out. You need it especially. <laughs> Let's pray. Father in heaven, what a privilege it is to be back here studying your word together. Mm. Lord, we have come through some very interesting times, but we ask now that as we open your words, you may take us to heavenly places, mm -hmm. that you may guide us as we continue in our study on discipleship mm. and to know best how to preserve the harvest that God has provided. Mm. Is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Uh, we want to acknowledge Callie, who's also out there, and <laughs> she is just calling in. Appreciate Callie and, and yes. her, her sacrifice and her willingness to be involved and her deep insights and her participation has just been a wa oh, awesome and a wonderful addition to, to mm. our Inverse team. So Thanks for uh, that, Justin. love you very much. And I don't know, it sounds more like a eulogy. This time. <laughs> I was about to say, <laughs> anyway. like, wow, Callie. Yeah, uh, I, this I looks like you. a lot of yeah. nice things. <laughs> I miss you. And then when Sebastian's not on the show, we can say something, some other things about him. Uh, anyway, we're talking about 40% loss, 40% loss. And mm -hmm. rather than going to a Bible verse, let's talk about a little bit about this. Uh, this is not in every part of the Adventist church. This is not a part in, in every part of Christianity. This is not a, a this is just what's happening nowadays and mm -hmm. Jonathan let's start off on a discussion let's just mm -hmm. kind of start off the cuff what's happening mm -hmm. well a lot of uh, people the, the numbers are you know not lying a lot of people are leaving the church mm -hmm. and uh, the question is why especially uh, we have a huge gap between the teenager age group mm -hmm. and then 50 and above so in between there something is happening where a lot of people leave mm -hmm. and uh, as you said 40% depending on where you look and so uh, I'm just thinking of my peers, the people I grew up with, and the majority of them are not in the church anymore, mm -hmm. unfortunately. Right. And when I, you know, in conversations with them, I've been trying to understand, you know, what, why and what's going on. And I think there's multiple reasons, mm -hmm. as with any issue. Mm -hmm. But in this situation uh, I, I, that I'm thinking of right now, um, it was uh, a lack of friendships. Um, mm. There was not really friendships going on or connection with other uh, church members. Okay. And then also um, a lack of purpose. Mm -hmm. um, not being able to, to participate really or have an opportunity to, to contribute. I uh, see. So those were some major factors. And there's others where there was just a, a kind of a, they felt, it was like a judgmental spirit that they felt in the mm -hmm. church. Mm -hmm. And so they didn't feel very welcome. And so... They were just like, you know, I can just do my own thing, mm -hmm. and they, they left. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, no, I, I appreciate, and I, I think this is good, that we need, we need, we need a space 
to yeah. talk about these things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I want to be very careful because mm-hmm. I think it also irks me mm-hmm. that people will often use this as a platform for a particular agenda. Mm-hmm. Right? Hey, this is the reason why everyone's leaving. So if right. we only do this, this <laughs> is the answer, and then they'll push this. Mm-hmm. And then really everyone has their own version of what this is. I, mean, I don't know why I'm using my hands. Uh, but they're, they're using this. But <laughs> I think it's we need to talk about it. Yeah. And that, yes. that's the new, I, I think I would share some of the, that, mm-hmm. that, that, uh, that, that background. I know in the young adult group that, that I was a part of, uh, I'm the only person that's still in the church. Mm-hmm. Um, there may be one or two that are you know, flickering on and off. Right. And there's, there's different reasons. I think the part, uh, uh, perspective that I come from is I never really knew the Bible. I never mm-hmm. knew about uh, discipleship. I didn't know how to do a devotional life. I didn't know anything about mm-hmm. the doctrines of the church. I didn't know Jesus, mm-hmm. right. even though I was in the church for about 17 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, and any of those things are related mm-hmm. and a little different, but uh, how about you guys, Sebastian? I, I think one thing I can add to this is also, you know, a lot of times people join a community and leave a community because what we won them with is not what we won them to. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I can't go mm-hmm. take a girl out and be like, oh, I'm taking her to nice restaurants and I'm very like polite and gentle. And then as soon as we're now in a relationship, all of that goes out of the window, yeah. right? No dates, no opening your door, get your own door. Can you pay the bill? It's like, wait, this is just really backwards to how you brought me in to this relationship. And I feel like... like a bait and switch. Right. Yeah. We're, we're, we're doing this above and beyond evangelistic campaign with the lights and the love, and we'll pick you up. And now that you're a church member, hey, such such needs to ride the church. Yeah. Nah, that's out for of my your, way. For yourself. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so it's good luck. Hope you survive. And... To me, that kills so many relationships yeah. and people's willingness mm-hmm. to stay committed mm-hmm. to the church. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kelly, your, 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 your experience. Yeah, I really relate to a lot of that. And I really like what Sebastian especially brought up about this continuity of a relationship. Because, yeah, we pour everything in at the beginning. But, you know, I felt even myself that after I became on fire for the Lord, they're like, okay, she's good. We will now ignore her. And turn attention to everybody else. Mm-hmm. And that, that really just makes you feel like you're just a number yeah. and someone's just trying to get something out of you. And so then your friends who are giving you Bible studies, you're like, I thought we were friends. But they're like, well, you know, we, we dunked you, so we're good now. Yes. And that kind of mentality that we bring into right. is, is so destructive. Um, and it's it's also really hurtful because then you just feel used by people and by a system. And I, again, you know, agreeing to everything else that at the end of the day, you know, as Christians, we don't stay because of the people. We stay because of Jesus and we need to keep that mentality but it's still really discouraging when people treat you as a number and not as a relationship or another human. I mean, there's, there's different modes of, of young adult ministry. And then just going with your experience, I mean, I had the same experience there where I, as a young adult, they wanted me to come to church. There's such low expectations. Mm-hmm. And I come out to church at like 11.45 and they're like, you made it. I'm totally late. Mm-hmm. I'm only here for lunch. But, yeah, we're, we're, you're such a great Christian. I don't know who Jesus is. Uh, and there's this kind of dichotomy that's happening. Mm-hmm. And the expectation is so low. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then once I'm in, then there's no, no effort to, to, to feed me spiritually. There's no challenge. It's, it's, it's this, it's this, it was a weird, wonky experience. And I think, Justin, that we, we run into this other problem with young adults, which is that we don't challenge them. Mm. I remember doing ministry with uh, university students in Boston, right? You're talking Harvard and MIT, these top universities in the country. And this young girl was a freshman at MIT, mm. and the school already had her the summer before her semester even began 
teaching a class on calculus mm. to incoming freshmen. Mm. So when you think about that, you're thinking, okay, come to the church, they might let you do scripture reading. Right. Go to MIT, oh, you can teach a whole class on calculus before you even take one <laughs> class on campus mm. because the school believes that much in you. Mm -hmm. And I feel as if, if we kind of cultivated that opportunity with young adults, they would say, wow, the church really believes in me mm -hmm. and they're willing to give me those responsibilities. And mm -hmm. I think if we, if we match that more and challenge young people, mm -hmm. we would see a greater retention mm -hmm. of them staying in and they would feel more committed mm -hmm. to the movement. Now we've been talking about young adults because as we are young adults or we, some of us think we're young adults and we're, we're, we're talking about the young adult ministry. Uh, Jonathan, let's, let's broaden out in terms of discipleship. Mm -hmm. Okay, so connect, uh, where have we been in this grow agricultural cycle? Mm -hmm. And then now we're in preserve, and then where, how does that connect with what we're talking about? Well, <clears throat> in, when it comes to discipleship, when it comes to connecting with Jesus and helping others to connect with Jesus, uh, we, we've learned that there's different steps. You know, we have to prepare the soil. We have to, to build relationships. We have to plant, uh, uh, you know, some seeds, the Word of God. Mm -hmm. We have to study with them, expose them to truth. And uh, when it comes to preserve, uh, it is um, now that we have made, you know, people have made a decision you want to make sure that it continues. You know, you uh, you, you want you want the, you want them to now also be engaged and and continue that work of discipleship because Jesus told us uh, to be disciples, but also to disciple other people. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so in that preserve, uh, this is where um, connecting uh, with other, you know, having friendships comes in with with other you know members and friends, but then also engaging in reaching out. Mm. Um, having that attitude of, I want to lead others into that same experience that I've had. Mm -hmm. uh, so it, there's a lot of intentionality needed in this, in this part of the cycle mm -hmm. that we've been talking about. Yeah. But wh where, where is the line mm -hmm. there? Because some people are like, well, I'll do the Bible study thing. I'll do mm -hmm. the prayer thing. I'll do the church thing. Mm -hmm. But when you say the E word, evangelism or <laughs> ministry or outreach, like, mm -hmm. whoa, 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 whoa. That is for like graduate school, church. Mm -hmm. Like I'm still in elementary school mm -hmm. and I don't, I don't want to do that. Or I, I'm a naturally introverted person. So I don't, I'm not, or I'm socially awkward. Right. Or so <laughs> what do you, what do you, how do you bridge that? Mm -hmm. Sebastian, let's talk. You're pretty awkward. Let's well, um, <laughs> I think I think for me, it's a matter of meeting people where they are and where they're comfortable. Mm -hmm. A lot of times, if you only give them one modality in yeah. order to share yeah. and do evangelism, yes. it's kind of like, oh, are you going to go door to door and pass out tracts? Yes. Like, no. And then it's like, well, then you don't love Jesus, right? Mm -hmm. You're not serious about souls. Mm -hmm. Give me a wide variety of opportunity. Yeah. You know, maybe I go door to door and pray or there's prayer on the road, right? Hold a sign. People pull over. Instead of, you know, mm -hmm. a pit stop, a prayer stop. Mm -hmm. You know, different people can also serve the poor. I remember being a part of a homeless shelter and passing out clothing, singing mm -hmm. songs and having devotion with whoever wanted to stay. Uh, in South Africa, they provide a meal every week for the homeless. Anybody mm -hmm. can come. It's really nice tablecloth. Mm -hmm. So I feel like those are the opportunities that by diversifying the ways by yeah. which we fish for men, mm -hmm it will bring more people into now, the You're work. talking about creativity and we need more ideas and right. all that, but what's, there's actually, a, I think there's a step in between. So mm -hmm. you have that person and they don't want to do, they get to that next level and we, we do need creativity. Totally agree with you, but mm -hmm. how do we, how does that happen? What is the anatomy? Well, Jonathan. Yeah, there's a, a great need for mentorship. Mm. Um, so having a connection somebody comes new into the into the church yes. now connecting that person with an experienced person yes. who through friendship and spending time together and doing ministry together and learning from each other i mean this is what jesus did he said follow me yes. had them with them uh, they you know and, and they, they learn and they grow and through that mentorship experience um 
people will be emboldened and empowered to, uh, and you know, will learn to do some of these things and that feel they support. Yeah. yeah, they feel yeah. supported. There's a connection going on. They're not on their own. Just okay, now I have to do this. They have uh, the support system of a mentor. I think that one-on-one -on -one experience mm -hmm. has been lacking. I mean, you talked about at the top of the show about the lack of relationships. Mm -hmm. We just assume that people will be part of the church, and then yeah. we we've given up on these one-on-one. -on -one we need that creativity. Right. But we but for what what helped me was someone who took time and energy out for me, mm -hmm. yeah. who knew me mm -hmm. and knew knew the we the weirdness and the awkwardness that I have and my right. unique contributions and unique ideas and from there the creativity was able to to come out when we come back after the break we're going to look at how do we mentor how do we become mentored and act, enter into a conversation about practical mentorship has inverse been a blessing to you do you have questions comments or feedback you'd like to leave us find us on social media by searching inverse bible on facebook twitter Instagram or YouTube. While there, join us, like us, heart us, thumbs up us. Our handle again is Inverse Bible, no spaces. Now, back to the discussion. Hey, welcome back. We're looking at this concept of mentoring and on one and one relationship. And how many of you out there have been mentored by someone in your local church or have had a, a, a spiritual advisor, spiritual mentor? And I believe everyone here, uh, we've all had that kind of relationship with somebody. We really encourage you to find an advisor, find a mentor, or mentor someone else. Let's go to Callie. And Callie, what has been, uh, what's your perspective when it comes to, to mentoring? Well, I have benefited so much from mentorship, even by actually all you guys in the room right now. So I have been blessed by, you know, conversations and asking different things. But I think one of the biggest, I guess, details about mentorship that I didn't really understand for a long time is that mentors aren't like these spiritual, perfect, giant gurus that know everything and like emerge oh, with shit. blessings in their train. Like they just, I'm, yeah. <laughs> I know you, Justin. I know who you really are. Um, but the, the main thing is just you know a little bit more than that person. Mm. And maybe not even about everything, but just about something. And true, it might be like, you know, way more, like Justin knows way more than me about certain things. Um, but it's not, it doesn't have to be this large gap or canyon. Mm. And that's kind of how I felt. Like if people ask me spiritual questions, I'm like, why are you asking me? Like text Sebastian, I don't know. Mm -hmm. But mm. I did actually know the answer to their question. I just didn't feel qualified to answer. But something that I've learned even through teaching, you know, I teach um, some software engineering classes right now, and I don't know everything about software engineering, but I know a little bit about the topic at hand. And it's the same thing with spiritual things. If you have some way to give someone else knowledge or wisdom that you have, you can be a mentor. You don't have to wait until you have the answer to every question or can understand every weird verse in Revelation. As long as you know something about something spiritual, then you can be a mentor. Mm -hmm. And so that, that stopped me for a little bit. But at the end of the day, we don't have to know everything. We just need mm -hmm. to know something. Uh, the really cool aspects about mentoring is that you end up picking up some attributes of your mentor mm -hmm. and whether in terms of character, obviously oh, yes. knowledge, but maybe even style, style. and yeah. even ways of communicating, values. I mean, so much of who you are as a person is transferred to another person, mm -hmm. uh, and we receive those from, from, from other people. So let's go to, to Luke 15, which I really want to emphasize uh, one aspect of Jesus, uh, a value that, that he wanted passed on in his disciples. Let's go to Luke 15, mm -hmm. 
And Luke 15 is, is a chapter that has these three very famous parables. And Jonathan, what's, what's, what's in these three parables? Well, you have uh, the parable of the lost sheep, parable of the lost coin, and parable of the lost son. Mm -hmm. And they represent different kind of lostness. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> for example, the parable of the lost sheep is an individual that was part of the flock, but kind of wandered away over time or got distracted or whatever it is, mm -hmm. got him away. The lost coin is in the house. Mm -hmm. It was lost in the house. That means it's someone who is in the church, but is lost in the church. Mm -hmm. And then the, the lost son is someone who willfully says, I'm done with this and rejects, you know, God uh, in, the, in the parable, the father mm -hmm. goes away, but then returns, which mm -hmm. is, you know, a beautiful uh, story of redemption. Um, and so, uh, this is Jesus is pointing out there's different ways of being lost, mm -hmm. and it's important to reach out. We, we see the beautiful character of God in Him reaching out mm -hmm. uh, through mm -hmm. all these stories. What, what I also love is uh, there is the lost motif in all three. Yes. Uh, I also see there's a celebration motif yes. in all three. Mm -hmm. There is rejoicing. Mm -hmm. All of heaven rejoices when that which is, or who, that which was lost, or who was, lo who was yes, lost. that which was that lost. That which was lost, because yeah. it's, it's a thing, but it's actually a person. So anyway, yes. the, the lost thing, <laughs> the lost person has now been redeemed. And so there is that joy mm -hmm. that, which, which I believe uh, is so crucial mm -hmm. in the in Christian discipleship, in the Christian walk. Yes. Right. That we have these mountaintop experiences with the Lord, and those are, would provide joy. Mm -hmm. But do we have these moments where we are overjoyed that through my relationship with God yes. and Him discipling me that we have participated in bringing someone back to yes. the fold? Yeah. Right. Um, Callie, what's been some of your experiences in, 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 in this celebration and in, in this encountering lostness in the world? Yeah, I have had the privilege of giving a couple of Bible studies to different people. Um, but even beyond that, even before I talk about that, I want to talk about even just my coming to know Jesus mm. and that celebration I saw in other people. Mm -hmm. And I saw that it wasn't, you know, the people, there's a very few, there's a few key people who had lots of conversations with me, were praying with me, answered all of my very detailed questions. Mm -hmm. And I could see that they weren't just trying to dunk me, as I was saying earlier, mm -hmm. but they were like, man, I really want Callie to experience this peace and this joy and this wonderful connection with Christ. And when I made that decision, I mean, like, there are, very, there are some key people in my life who were crying, like, every time I talk about it. And they're like, man, do you remember when I met you? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I do. And so even experiencing that joy in someone else's eyes helps you see how much Jesus rejoices over our personal salvation. It's not just about racking up points or adding membership. It's like, man, this human soul came to know Jesus and that is fantastic. Amen. And so I've, you know, been privileged to experience that myself of giving Bible studies to people and seeing people who, at, you know, at the beginning of my conversations with them, they're like, man, you know, I don't really think truth exists. Mm -hmm. And going from that to now they give Bible studies and they run ministries. And I'm like, that's, that's wild. Jesus completely changed that person. And that gives me so much joy, even when things happen in, in my life, when I'm like, I, you know, I just, I'm, things aren't going the right way, or I'm discouraged. Jesus reminds me of like, yeah, or I might think, you know, my life is a waste, but Jesus is like, look at what I used you to do. Mm -hmm. And even that can bring us joy and encouragement along our way. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Awesome. That, thank you for sharing. I mean, this, I mean, I, when you were yeah. talking, it reminds me of, of experiences that I've had with mm -hmm. my mentor and hopefully experience I can give to, to other people. Right. Um, Sebastian, I answer this question. How, how, do, how do we find a mentor? Do we just <laughs> knock on the door and we, will you be my mentor? Like, because that also, and I know people who've done it that way. Yes. That's not a great way either. No, I think um, with mentorship, there's a couple ways that you can go about it. 
Sometimes you can start off as what we call like a tacit mentor, where someone impacted you at a distance, right? You read an article, a book that they wrote, you heard a sermon or a presentation they gave, and you're like, wow, that was really moving. Like, I really resonate with this person's experience. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you start off at a distance, and eventually you may get an opportunity to talk with them one-on-one. And a lot of times, the, the mentor and the mentee, it's still a relationship, mm-hmm. and it has to be entered into voluntarily. So to me, it's both of you acknowledging in that moment, like, hey, I think there's some chemistry here. And, I, and the mentor is saying, I really want to develop and cultivate your gifts. Mm-hmm. And on the other side, the mentee's like, yeah, I would love your help, right, and your investment in me to help me to grow. I think another way to go about it is also to immerse yourself in communities in which you're going to find and encounter someone who is clearly going to be more knowledgeable or more experienced in that area than you. Mm -hmm. And by stepping into that and saying, I really want to get deeper into the Bible, so let me go to a Bible study. Mm -hmm. And I may notice, like, man, Justin, he knows a lot about this theological question that I had in my mind. Again, it creates an opportunity for me to be in that environment Mm -hmm. and to discover someone who may be a little bit more advanced, like Callie said. It doesn't have to be astronomical, you know, PhD to my nothing, but it's more like, wow, he knows a little bit more let me glean, listen, and affirm. And mentors love teachable people. Mm-hmm. And the more teachable you are, you're humble, you ask questions, you know what you don't know, mm-hmm. you will automatically attract mentors because mm-hmm. that's where they want to invest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is, uh, is there a difference between personal development mm-hmm. mentorship and Christian mentorship, mm. uh, spiritual mentorship? Right. Sometimes there is definitely overlap, mm-hmm. yeah. but is there also a a just mm-hmm. difference. Yeah, I think there's, uh, that is actually pretty powerful. Um, <clears throat> we see in, in, um, in actually in Luke 15, mm-hmm. uh, the reason why Jesus was telling these parables was because he was hanging out with the tax collectors. Yes. Now, tax collectors were, you know, considered kind of like the... The, the trash of society. The trash of society, the traitors, right? Yeah. But they were also wealthy, and they probably had opportunities to... Edu- educate himself. Be- they had personal development uh, opportunities, right, yeah. that a poor person would not have had. And so they had all this, but Jesus knew that they had a different need as well. That's why he was hanging out with them. He was spending time with them. That's what it says here. Uh, he was eating with them, receiving them, and uh, the Pharisees, of course, didn't like that. So yes, there is a difference. Mm-hmm. There is a need for personal development, uh, you know, uh, professional, professional development. development yep. yeah. But um, when it comes to spiritual development, as a mentor, uh, in a mentor relationship, uh, the mentor has the power or the, 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 the privilege, rather, to help uh, his mentee to, um, to gain an, underst- an understanding of, of eternal realities, mm. which goes way beyond professional development, uh, public speaking skills, or whatever it is, what kind of skill you want to have. When it comes to the spiritual development, here it is now the mentor's uh, challenge and privilege to help a person to, uh, to develop into becoming more and more like Jesus. Mm. And that's extremely humbling when if you are the mentor, now you know, you got to pray because how do you do that? Mm. How do you help this young uh, person to, to, right. to get to this point? So um, it is, there's a huge difference. There's a lot of need of prayer as a mentor mm-hmm. um, and uh, realizing that this burden is something that um, Jesus has put on those who have had an experience with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you said, you don't have to have a PhD and be, or, or like Fikali said, you don't have to be like amazing and know everything. Yeah. But if you have an experience with Jesus, you can share that with someone else. You can help uh, someone who is younger in the mm-hmm. journey to mm-hmm. do that. But humility, lots of prayer, um, and, and intentionality is needed. In you know, I would discussion. also add to, to complement what Jonathan is saying is that Christian mentorship is also different because 
we're not just learning a skill set, right? Yeah. I can learn a skill from you, but I don't want to be like you. Mm. Mm. And in Jesus' example, he wasn't just presenting a message. He was the message. Yes. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't just I want to learn from Jesus. Mm -hmm. I want to be like Jesus. Mm -hmm. And to me, that is the call of Christian mentorship. Mm -hmm. I'm not just here to pass on skills and spiritual development in those spiritual disciplines, I'm here to also leave an example mm -hmm. that is worthy mm -hmm. of imitation. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the higher calling of Christian mentorship, yes. which is I can't just be like, oh, let me teach you how to study the Bible, mm -hmm. but I have no discipline in my own devotional life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, I need to be able to see. And to me, that's why Christian mentorship has more power. Yeah. Because for me to be next to you and see you studying the Bible is much more profound and has an impact on me than you giving me a book or a list of skills and, mm -hmm. you know, methodologies to apply. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, after hearing the three of you, you speak, what's, what's coming, the composite picture that's emerging in my mind is, mm -hmm. is Christian mentorship and preservation discipleship has two points, mm -hmm. right? So the mentor really locks us in into these skills and sets and develops as a, as a person. Mm -hmm. But from this point where we're at actually points us to Jesus. Yes. And, 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 and creates that, that line, uh, and it's, I think what the cool word is, customize. Mm -hmm. it's, it's a customized relationship for me to, for, for, towards Jesus. Right. And, and there are some people who are all about mentoring, and so they, they, they give us all the skills and the programs or whatnot, but it's not for Jesus. It's mm -hmm. just for, for, for here. Right. And then we have all these Christian programs that are all about Jesus and all these events, but they're really not, it's not really about me. It's just for, for everyone together. Mm -hmm. yeah. But you have this individual customization, and you have Jesus as the end point, and you draw that line, and, it, and it's a one-on-one -on -one work. Yeah. And it's something that we really encourage all of you to be a part of or to endeavor in yeah. is this one-on-one -on -one discipleship mentor work. And that's been, uh, it's bared out fruit for, it's borne out fruit for, for all of us here. Mm -hmm. yeah. And we really encourage you to get into the Bible, be part of this grow discipleship model, find a mentor, knock on a door or contact Sebastian or Callie or Israel <laughs> or, or Jonathan or Siku, contact people that you know that are godly and they're not perfect. As Callie said, we all got our issues, but uh, they will drive us to the foot of the cross. For more information, go to inversebible.org where you'll find Bible studies of our previous uh, topics from different uh, TV shows. You can also go to hopetv.org slash inverse. You can see our archives and can binge watch for hours and hours all of us talking. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us. We'll see you here next week on Inverse. You've been listening to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation with Callie Williams, Israel Ramos, Jonathan Walter, Sebastian Braxton, Siku Dako, and your host, Justin Kim. Inverse is brought to you by The Hope Channel, television that changes lives. For this and more inspiring episodes, visit inverse.hopetv.org. Find us on social media, hashtag InverseBible. Until next time, this is inverse.